Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringers committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shield Kapati here. We're doing a little hot stove talk. Phillies signed shortstop Trey Turner. 11 years, $300 million. I am joined by one half of the High Hopes pod. Seltzer. I thought we'll save Seltzer, you know, when they add a starting pitcher or something. I don't need to get both of you. Uh, Jack Fritz is the guest, by the way. I don't need to get both of you for the offseason pods. You know, we can just kind of mix it up a little bit. How are we doing, my friend? Shield, this is uh, not your father's Phillies, are they? I mean, oh I, you grew up in an era where they didn't spend any money, you know? And, and now Bill it's Giles. like, how many $300 million guys can we have on, on one team? It is absolutely ridiculous, but uh, Shield, I couldn't be doing any better. Like, the, 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 they had such a moment uh, last, you know, with the World Series where it was like, wow, like they've captivated the town. I mean, you cover the Eagles every day. Like yeah. no one cared. Like n- yeah. no one cared. I was bored uh, by football games on Sundays. I'm like, all right, let's wait till the night game. That's when that's when the action starts with these exactly. playoff games. <laughs> exactly. And I, I'm just I'm just so happy that they went out and like they weren't satisfied. They weren't like, hey, we got a game six of the World Series. Let's go add freaking Trey Turner. Uh, so I- I'm giddy. It's baseball. You could do this. You could just spend, spend the, the, you could spend. You're allowed to spend, billionaire owners. You're allowed to spend and just go for it. So I've got five questions here for you. This is how we're, we're going to do the pot. I got five questions about awesome. Trey Turner. We're going to get into the player. We're going to get into what it means for the team. We're going to get into why they did it. How it could go horribly? Is, listen, that's going to be one of my questions because I get nervous with these big money free agency signings. I'll save that to the end. Let, let's get excited uh, at first. So 
Let's just start with what are the Phillies getting in Trey Turner? You know, baseball, not every baseball fan is like you watching every team and every player. You know, some of us are like me. I just I watch the Phillies. I don't watch all the other teams. So when it, for a Phillies fan who's just like, oh, we got Trey Turner. What does that mean? Uh, where do you start with that question? Uh, well, there's very few like pure, true five tool players in baseball. And, and Trey Turner is that guy. Uh, he's one of those guys, uh, a rare true five tool guy um, that not only hits for power. I mean, it's not like insane power, but he had 27 homers last year, 28 the year before um, you're getting a 300 career hitter. Um, you're getting a pretty good defensive shortstop. Like he's not ridiculous, but he, he, he makes the plays. He's athletic. He can do this, do that. Um, and then the stolen bases, like he absolutely freaking flies, man. And um, I was thinking about this last night when we did the podcast, like, they're going to bigger bases next year. And part of the reason why they want to go to bigger bases is they want to get more action on the base pass. And you're adding a guy that can steal 30 bases in his sleep. I know that's like not a lot in, in like the, the traditional sense, but it's cool in days. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but 30 bases in his sleep uh, in today's baseball. Now you're getting bigger bases. Um, they're getting a table setter. They're getting someone, they're getting a top of the lineup now that is just going to be able to jump on teams. Um, they're getting a well-rounded winner. Um, a guy that has already won a world series has been in the playoffs like five times already in his career. Um, his best friends were really good friends with Bryce Harper. They're getting a, a, a complete package here. I mean, he is, I, he was seventh in all of baseball in, in war since 2018. Um, and like, you could make the case. He's been the best position player in baseball. Like, like he has been that good, that valuable, um, and he's just a total difference maker. I, I love bigger bases, by the way. That's like two drunk guys at a bar. Like, how can we get, you know, how can we got to shorten the, <laughs> what well, do we make the bases bigger? <laughs> I know. It's going to be funny. And, well, and it, and it was such like a mocking thing when they did it, but I kept going back to, you know, Theo Epstein's the guy that created this monster <laughs> that is modern baseball. Um, and this was his thing. Like he was saying that basically like the smaller bases have deterred people stealing bases. So if listen, if Theo Epstein's saying we yeah. need bigger bases that I'm inclined to believe in Theo Epstein. So this morning, while I was supposed to be watching some Eagles-Titans film, I instead just did a deep dive on every Trey Turner statistic uh, I could find. So here are some that I found. He hit, he's hit 312 over the last two years, the second-best batting average in all of baseball. Like, no one, I, I looked at that, and I'm like, wait, 312 is the second-best? Yes, it's a di- as you said, it's a different sport than the one I grew up watching. But that, that's 260 hits, ranks first, 129 extra base hits, ranks tied for 17th, 59 stolen bases, ranks fourth. Uh, his OPS the last two years it was 22nd league wide, would have been third on the Phillies behind only Harper and Schwarber. What do you think of this this bolts? I mean, have we have we crossed the have you, this stat? Is this a commonly used stat or is this one for people like me who just stumble upon baseball savant and is like, hey, I can use that in a podcast? Bolts. Bolts? Do you even know what bolts is? Does anyone use know. bolts? Okay. I, I'm trying to think of. <laughs> What even makes sense? Like bases. It's on, ridiculous. No, it I, doesn't stand for it. It just literally like Bolt is fast, and so he's fast. Uh, yeah, we'll go. We'll go with that. He's fast. He's fast. It means your average sprint speed. Ready for this? Uh, is at least thirty feet per second. 30 feet per second, which apparently is very fast. Anyway, what you need to know is he led Major League Baseball in bolts. Tell your friends. 131 bolts uh, last year. His average sprint speed is 30.3 feet per second, uh, fifth 
last year. So it, it, listen, yeah. this is like the what this is like the fastest guy, one of the fastest guys in the majors. Are you fast? Now I know you did the running thing. Are you actually yeah. fast or are you not fast? Uh, I've never been traditionally fast and I got okay. slower when I was 13 when I pulled my hip flexor and it still Ooh. hasn't bounced back. Like I still okay. like when I get up too fast, it hurts a little bit. So, yeah. um, no, I'm not, I'm not fast, but I got quick feet. That's the weird part. Like I picked okay. off a lot of people when I was a pitcher. So, okay. um, I got quick feet and, and the interesting part about, um, Trey Turner's speed shield. Uh, I don't know if I can use bolt as my, uh, <laughs> as my example here. Um, but he is maintained being in the 99th percentile of sprint speed uh, ever since he was a rookie. So from like 23 to 29, his he's been in the, in the 99th percentile. It's not like he's getting slower, you know? Yeah. So we're talking about elite speed. And um, the, 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 the nice part about having Trey Turner is like, I think, I think home runs are cool. Like I understand it, but there is nothing quite like the feeling of a guy going for a triple and seeing him round you know, second base, like, Oh, he's going for it. And you feel like the rise of the crowd, like Trey Turner is already hit for the cycle a couple of times. David Bell is my least favorite Philly in the world growing up. I need it to end. I need it to end. He's going to hit for the cycle as a Philadelphia Philly. I need that to end. So, um, elite speed, game changing speed. And when you talk about the top of the lineup, like last year, it was what it was. It was Hoskins and Schwarber at the top of the lineup batting one, two, um, a lot of strikeouts, which, which I didn't like. I know they got to game six of the world series, but just cause he got there doesn't mean he had to run it, run it back with the same thing. Trey Turner struck out less than hundred times last year. Um, and just the thought process of, okay, Trey's probably going to bat lead off. Um, but I, it's you know, the next so. question. Don't get too far into it. The line. All right. All right. All right. We'll move yeah, on. Yeah. We'll move on. Right. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move, we'll move on. Uh, well, I did want to ask you about the, uh, well, first of all, the, the, the fast, slow thing. I, I was like unbelievably slow. I still am. I'm, but as a kid, you would look at me and you would think, all right, this guy, you know, he looks like an average looking guy. He's probably not that slow yet. I was like, I would run. I, I don't know if they, they probably still don't call them suicides, but you know, you run the suicides <laughs> and it would be me. And you know, I don't want to say like a fatter kid, but a bigger kid bigger, would be, would, would always bone. be last. Yeah. It's like, she'll be, oh, can you beat that guy? And then I once had a little league coach who thought I was dogging it. Like I I would be rounding second and be like, come on, hustle. I'm like, I'm going as fast as I can here, dude. I'm just yeah. slow. So I was reading these and I'm like, it must be nice to just be really fast. Just like throughout your life, recess, youth sports, whatever he's doing, uh, he is, has just been unbelievably fast. Listen, man, I was cut from the seventh and eighth grade basketball and soccer teams because I couldn't pass the conditioning test. So I'm yeah. with you, buddy. Okay, we're on the same page. All right, we're on the same page. That's why I that's got why cut I ch- from every that's team. That's why test. I chose baseball. That's why, that's why <laughs> I did baseball and golf, baby. I wanted to ask you about the uh, power numbers. You mentioned 27 and 28 home runs. Uh, his home run rate, 3.6% uh, of his at-bats home runs. It's slightly above league average. It's not great. It's like like league average, I think, was around 3.3%. Uh, Is there any reason to believe, I know there's always like the advanced stats, well, you know, this guy goes from this park to this park, or, you know, you look at his power numbers and he should hit more home runs. Like, what is your expectation for how many home runs this guy will hit uh, now that he's playing in Citizens Bank Park? Should it be similar to what we've seen in previous years, or do you expect a little bump given all the extra base hits too that this guy hits 
I just want to know what his bolt's going to be on the home runs. Like, is there an extra <laughs> bolt for 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 you home runs? Go slow. Like, you got to go slow his, when you hit the home run. What's his sprint speed on uh, on home runs? Um, I'll say this: like Trey Turner during his career um, has never really played in a hitter's ballpark. Like Washington's not a traditional hitter's ballpark. It's big. Um, it's it's hard to hit the home run out of there. Um, and, and LA is kind of the same way. I, I think that. During the day, it's easier to hit a home run there. When at night, I think it's harder. I'm pretty sure that's the stats on it, or it's a completely reversed. It's either one or one or the other. <laughs> um, but still, it's it's a big ballpark, and and it's hard to hit the ball out, out of both of them. So the fact that he did hit 27, I didn't look up his home or away splits the last couple of years, but um, you know, I think it's realistic. Like, I, do I want to peg him as a, as a 30 homer guy? No, because um, I think that's like a it's a pretty big ask. But I think it's there. I mean, the fact that he hit 25, pretty much around 25 the last couple of years playing in Washington and in L.A., like he's coming to Citizens Bank Park and, you know, he's going to hit those like cheap little ones over the left field fence that are (laughs) going to end up in the flower bed. Or, you know, I think he has pretty good power going the other way as well. Um, So maybe those those doubles or triples that he would get in L.A. and, and in Washington turn into home runs here. But I think it's fair to expect a bump. But, you know. I, I guess I'd just be asking way too much to expect like 30 homers from a guy who I already think is really, really good. Okay. All right. Question number two. You were getting to this. Where do they bat him? Where should they bat him? You know, Topper calls you up. He, he says, yeah, I, I've been listening to the High Hopes pod. You know baseball as well as anyone in the organization. I'm kind of struggling Correct. here. It's a good problem to have. But where should I hit this guy in the lineup? What are you telling him? Um, so I'm telling him to bat him lead off. I mean, he, oh, he did, he, he did bat around 340 last year in the leadoff spot. Like he can do it. Um, one, two, three, but I don't think, I don't think it's the worst idea either to have Schwarber bat lead off and him batting too. Now the, the counter would be, you know what, let's have Turner bat lead off and then whoever's in the two hole move along. Like, I think it would go, I would like a traditional left, right, you know, right, left thing, but like if I'm putting Turner in the one hole, I probably want JT in the two hole because I think he can hit the ball the other way um, and, and and just jump on you really quickly. Um, Harper, like they just, it doesn't seem like he wants to bat two, even though it seems like that's where I would put him. You go Turner, you go Turner, Harper, one, two, and bang, like your, your chance of going up one, nothing are, are automatically increased. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I would, I would bat him first just from the standpoint of, gets on first base and bang, the defense is already on their heels. They're already on their heels. And I think what made Schwarber such a good leadoff hitter last year, and I know that like uh, offends people, but he was a good leadoff hitter last year, was that what is giving you the best chance to go up one nothing? Because when you go up one nothing in a baseball game, your chance of winning, it goes up like your win probability goes up by a lot. Like that's not rocket science. Um, and their best chance was Schwarber hitting a home run. And he had 47 of them last year. They weren't all out of the leadoff spot, but he gave you a chance to get a lead. The best chance for this team to get a lead is going to be Trey Turner getting on first base and then possibly stealing or being moved over second and third. And then bang, you get Bryce Harper up, you get the middle of the lineup up and, and you, you score that way. So Turner, you would say Turner, Real Muto. Let's uh, when Harper's back. Let's we're Harper. playoffs here. I mean, we don't care about May. Uh, Harper and Schwarber, uh, Hoskins. No, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Schwarber there just because I don't want to back back lefties being able to come in okay. and, and shut this team down late. So um, it goes either Hoskins or Castellanos. I would I would put Casty there. Castellanos. I know. What? I know. Listen, I, I, <laughs> I, I, if if he fails again in that spot, then I, I am quick to adjust. But like, I paid this guy twenty plus million dollars to come in and rake. Like, I. I 
I need to I need to see him not bounce back before I'm just going to move him down to like eight in the lineup. Okay. So um, I'm going to start with Castellanos there, and then I'm going to bet Schwarber five, um, Reese six, Bohm seven, Stott Marsh at the bottom. Okay. All right. I don't know about the Cassianos thing. Everything else, uh, Hoskins sort of feels like a, that. Like in the six, I'm like, all right, I can kind of see that Hoskins uh, bat, batting uh, six there. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe Castellanos will will uh, bounce back here. Uh, some numbers on Turner: 358 on base percentage was 31st over the last two years. Now he doesn't walk a lot. Jack is that, but yep. he, but he, but he gets a lot of hits. I mean, his walk rate is six point four percent. That's actually below league average. Not to pick on Castellanos more, but Castellanos is at six point one percent over the last two years, and no one like hated to walk more than Nick Castellanos. For anybody who watched the uh, playoffs last year, he doesn't see a lot of pitches. Uh, three point eight five pitches per plate appearance, like. I don't know. I'm like, like you said, I'm still pretty much stuck in kind of, you know, the baseball I grew up with. Is that a big deal? Is that not a big deal for a leadoff hitter? So here's the, here's the concern. Concerning is not the right word, but something to keep your eye on um, is his chase rate. If we, <laughs> as we get even more nerdy on this podcast, Let's do it. His, his chase rate was about 36% last year. Um, chase rate Cassie- is when you swing at a pitch outside the zone. Okay. So um, you swing at a pitch outside the zone. So he's an aggressive hitter. Um, now, Cassianos is like 43%, if I remember. So um, it's not like Turner's this this, this uh, control the strike zone type hitter. He's more of a seed ball, hit ball guy. Um, and, and yeah, as we learned with Cassianos, like that can be concerning. But at the same time, he's pretty much bat 300 for the last six years. So yeah. clearly something is working. And, and the nice part about him is, is that it doesn't matter if it's a righty, lefty, uh, you know, situationally. He is pretty much up and down the line, 295 to like 315 in every single category. So um, the chase rate is is concerning. But at the same time, like like Cassianos, for example, uh, his last year in Cincinnati, he batted 309 or whatever. and then, But the year before that, he was like 220. So, it, so he can like fluctuate up and down. Yeah. That's a concerning trend. But a guy that has done it so consistently, it's not like you're a bad hitter if you have a high chase rate. Like Julio Rodriguez, I think, is like the best young player in baseball. His chase rate, chase rate was like 40%. So um, it's, a, it's a metric to look at. Um, but you also have to take into account the, the rest of the package there with, with Trey Turner. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really care. The leadoff hitter also has changed a little bit. Um, obviously you want a guy that's on base, like in a perfect world, it's a 400 OVP guy that also hits homers. But I think what, um, for example, a guy like George Springer has taught us, like go make impact immediately, like go make an impact immediately. Um, and I think that's what Trey Turner is going to do. Uh, swing and miss rate low too. I mean, 19%, that's a, you know, well, uh, that's much better than league average. So like you said, he swings, but he doesn't swing and miss a lot. He doesn't strike out a lot. So he's not going to walk a lot. He's going to get on base. You'll take that. Now, I think I saw you, did I see you tweet? Did I hear, did I hear you say on the high hopes pod that you think this is the most talented lineup, the best lineup in what, since you've been alive? Did you, what what was your exact comment? I don't want to misinterpret what you said. Uh, the best lineup of my lifetime, the like the best okay. up and down lineup of my lifetime. Um, well, honestly, Sheila, I've had this like take for the last three years that they're better than the 08 lineup. And I'm just like waiting for it to come to fruition. And listen, like the, you have, you have Harper is prime, Turner is prime, Schwarber coming off leading the league in homers. Hopefully Castellanos bounce back. Hoskins hit 30 plus homers. Um, 
you have Stott who like the funniest part about the lineup is like Bowman Stott were, were two bright spots last year and they should theoretically only get better. Now maybe yeah. Stott in a sophomore season, his world series wasn't great. Maybe he takes a step back, but Bohm should only get better. You should only get more power from Bohm. Like, I, I don't think it's out of the question this year that we get like a 285, uh, 25 homer year from Alec Bohm. Like as he, as he continues to lift, figure out how to lift the baseball, like top to bottom, it's a it's a dumb lineup. It's a dumb, good lineup. And eventually, his take's gonna be right. Shield. They're gonna be better than the 08 lineup. They're gonna score 800 runs for the first time since 2009. Um, and and it like it's gonna be such a party down at Citizens Bank Park every night. I can't. I cannot wait. So I was looking at the uh, at the numbers to see which offense they would have to beat. You mentioned 2008 and 2009. 2009, they scored 820 runs, which is their highest total of the last 20-plus uh, years. And they had a 781-team OPS, which was also uh, the highest of the last 20 years. The lineup included Rollins, Victorino, Utley, Howard, Ibanez, who hit 34 homers that year. Well, hold Jason on, Worth. hold on. Like 22 of them were in the first half. Add it all up at the, the end. Half. Back of the baseball card, it says 34. <laughs> uh, Jason Worth, Pedro Feliz, and Chuch Carlos Ruiz. So you had pretty uh, good. Four, you had four players who hit 30 plus home runs: Howard Worth, Ibanez, and Utley Rollins. You know, just coming in there with uh, 20 plus home runs there in the leadoff spot. I think you mentioned this. Is, is like, what about is Rollins like a comp to Trey Turner a little bit? Like, what are is that fair, unfair? How well, do you see that? Uh, I think Turner's a better hitter. I mean, Rollins, yeah. Rollins at that point, I think was down to like his two sixty ish range. Like. Um, still a good player, um, but I, I would take Turner when it comes to like the overall package. Trey Turner is a better player than Jimmy Rollins. Um, now, 07 was Which obviously is crazy insane. to say. Think about that. Yeah, like well, you, and Jimmy yeah, Rollins and it's is fair. A, he's a borderline <laughs> Hall of Famer, Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, like like it's not like it's not you know insane to say. But Trey Turner's on a on a Hall of Fame track, you know, and he yeah. he he could put it together here and, and and you know put the finishing touches on what could be a Hall of Fame career and going to the Phillies wall of fame, wearing a P on his cap, which would be great. So that'd be awesome as well. But yeah, like, like even if they're not, even if they're, well, the, the, the only thing that's going to hold this offensive offense back is obviously Bryce missing half the year. Like he's not going to hit 30 this year. You know, like he's probably in the 15 range, which kind of stinks. Like, um, cause he, these injuries might, might hold him back from getting to 500. Like, I think he'll probably get there, but the COVID year being shortened, that takes a year of his prime away. The injury last year, the injury Jeez, the year yeah. before, like like he he's going to hit 300 this year. Like he's going to get to 300. It's just like I, I had this vision of, of Bryce hitting his 500th as a Philly, and I, I think he probably still does it, but now it's kind of getting called into question given what's happened the last couple of years. Yeah, you need some uh, you need some injury luck there. Listen, he, he's here for a long time. Like he's oh, got a he's long best, yeah. time to hit uh, 500. Phillies were seventh in runs scored last year, and that was with you know Harper missing that big chunk of the season. So he's going to miss a big chunk uh, again. So all right, question number three: What does this say about the Phillies? Let's zoom out a little bit. Your boy, you know, John Middleton. Dombrowski, the city, the inch, go, go wherever you want to go with this. What does this say about the Phillies in 2022, soon to be 2023? A move like this. Well, I think it says that they they were as um, 
as intoxicated by what happened last September as literally as we the word I have written in in my notes intoxicating yes yeah Sorry, because like and I, I just it was so interesting me and James ran into Middleton before like game four or whatever or game three I forget which one and uh you know we're like wow this is incredible john like how much fun do you have and he's like we got to finish the job and i was like hold on like you don't have to be so locked in but like i i appreciate it at the same time he's like yeah this is nice but like we gotta get the job done um so i just the how they felt and how the town was just taken over like they got wrapped up in it and and i think that's great um and and i think that you know for for a lot of Phillies fans, I felt like what happened in October, it was like, this is awesome. Like, I forgot how much fun it was to 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 be enthralled with a baseball team. I mean, people didn't care about an undefeated Eagles team. They were so ca- captured by what happened with the baseball team. And I just think that um, they looked at this as an opportunity. Like, we can't take a step back. We can't, like, just, we have to capture our moment, especially when you look at the Make up the te- make up of the team. JT's thirty. Uh, Reese is approaching thirty. Um, you have Schwarber who's a- approaching thirty. Cassiano's approaching thirty. Um, you have Wheeler, Nola. The- these guys are in their prime now. Like, there's no point to wait three years to to spend again. Like, just do it now. Um, and you got you got to give them major props for that. That they that they didn't just say, Ah, I'm happy we made it to the World Series. We'll see what happens. We'll run it back with the same thing. No, they 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 feel the momentum in the city, and they feel it being their moment. And they're going out and they're trying to get it back. And I think the nice part about next year is that it was frustrating for me. You know, where they, I feel like they're playing good. You know, they're they're doing good baseball things, um, but no one was showing up. And it was the middle of the summer. They would be getting like 25,000 for games. Yeah. I think that's over, Shield. Like, I, yeah. I think that next year, the, the, the momentum, Bryce's return, um, I, I think people are going to be fired up for this team. And I think, I think they loved what happened in October and they loved what happened in November. And um, the, the town fell for the baseball team again. And as someone that lived through the rebuild and, and you know, just, couldn't love this team more come come join us for the party come join us for the party welcome back phillies yeah i don't think you can overstate how big that month was i mean listen if they make the playoffs and they lose the you know the first two out of three you're going all right it's you know it was a fun season i'm glad they made it we got to watch a little uh playoff yep. baseball but it's nothing like it is now i mean it, it, it's like i said i i wrote down intoxic i mean this is why you be you, you become a sports owner because it, it's not just fine. Financial's fine, but you're probably a billionaire anyway, or you can do something else with your money. It's like, you know, this is what you kind of want as if you're an owner, the, the fan interest. You're the talk of the city. The ballpark is the talk of the baseball world. Every pregame and postgame show on, they're going, oh my gosh, this environment, look at it. John Smoltz is just raving about it every single game. Like, that's why you kind of get into it. And I do think yeah. it, was, it had to be intoxicating for them like it was for many of us, where they go shoot you know we kind of dreamed about what this would be like and now we're feeling what it's like and you just go for it it's not like a salary cap where you know if you're not like the new orleans saints where shoot this is going to screw you two years from now i mean it could screw you down the road but you know what like if you have a window in sports where you have a realistic view of winning 
you go for it. Where you get into trouble is where you have an unrealistic view and you think you have a window and you, other objective people are looking at it going, I don't know that you really have a window and you make dumb moves. That's not what this is. They have the window, they showed it, and they add to it as a fan. Like That's what you want from your ownership. Well, and, and the nice part about the Turner deal is that it's spread out over 11 years, so it's it's really not that much. I mean, like, Bryce is not making that much, and, and Turner aren't making that much. I mean, they're only about $27 million each. Now you have a chance to add more. Like, the, the fact that it didn't cost Turner $34 million a year, and they, I know, like, the back end might hurt, but at the same time, like, how much is $27 million going to be in, in the year, like, 2030 or whatever? Yeah, it's like, we'll have that they, in our wallets, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be just another day for you and I, but um, it's just it's just not going to be that much. And um, you talk about intoxicating, you talk about the environment. You can't tell me that Trey Turner wasn't watching like, damn, I want to be there, you know? And you can't tell me that Bryce wasn't texting him like, come on. Like, like he, I mean, he left money on the table from the Padres to sign here. Like, I think... I think yeah. the fan the fans deserve credit when it comes to 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 signing Trey Turner. No, no doubt about it. And it's also funny from like a Dombrowski point of view. Like this is a great if you're this is how I would GM. Like, yeah, we'll do a 10 year. Who cares? I, he's 66 <laughs> years old. Like Dombrowski's gonna be like 77 years old potentially when they're like he doesn't care about what the final three years of this contract looks like. So I, I have respect for that. That's absolutely how I would operate if I were a GM. Like, yeah, I'm gonna try to win now. And you know, and if it doesn't work out, maybe I'll get fired, maybe I'll retire, whatever. You guys can pick up the pieces. Uh, as we say in the Capadia household, NMP, not my problem. You know, you're That's you're, right. you're you're going to be a father. You you got to adopt uh, adopt that one. You know, sometimes <laughs> wait, it's not wait. your something. <laughs> You, I mean, those you, two you, things don't go in. I mean, the kid is your problem, but you know, sometimes there are things that happen in the household and you just give it or, you know, your kid complains about something and you say, Hey, that's, that's an NMP. That's not your, you know, it's an NYP, not your problem. Let it go. Wow. So, I, that didn't so come out right. Yeah. So, so what you're saying in the Capadia household <laughs> is that the buck doesn't stop there. The buck gets passed gets, yeah. gets to someone else. Yeah. It's someone else's problem. Um, but real quick, like on that point, Shield, you know, like credit to Dombrowski for not making trades though, that, that also could hurt the franchise down the, down the, down the way. Like they're just spending money. Like they're not giving away everything yeah. in their farm to make the team better. So like that, I think he deserves credit for that too. He, he is taking that. It is his problem, even though he's going to be 71 <laughs> when his contracts up here. Um, I mean, wait, they're grooming a whole, you know, generation of fans too, by the way. I yes. talked about it on this podcast just uh, about my daughter. And now, like, you know, you're thinking like, oh, should we go to Cooperstown this summer? You know, should we go to spring training? Hey, you know, how much are those season partial uh, season ticket this. plans? Do you get playoff? You know, all these conversations that happen as the result of the whole season, but really that one month and how fun it, is, how fun it was and how much you want to be a part of it and that kind of thing. So I think it's, you know, from a business perspective, like, you know, the merch and the tickets they're like listen it's gonna you're not gonna be uh john middleton's not gonna need to be standing at the uh, uh stoplight there on columbus boulevard uh you know asking you for uh, a dollar or two so you know i, I remember <laughs> he'll be, middleton, he'll be all right. the one playoff game i went to he was like taking pictures uh, in the concourse with fans and uh, like he was doing that a lot during the and i was like what is what is going on here why is there a crowd and it was like oh Photos with the owner. Um, that's interesting. I don't know. That's something I would have signed up for as a kid. But listen, good job, John Middleton, spending the money. We're seeing not all uh, franchises do this. All right, let's get to the last two. Question number four. Now we're going to take a little turn, Jack Fritz. Why will this go horribly? And so, so let me lay out some. I'll lay out some stuff here. Uh, he turns thirty 
in June. He's a, an older player to get an 11-year deal like this. You're getting him from 30 to 40, which is like wild to say in professional sports that never happens, but 30 to 40. Uh, you're signing a 30-year-old who doesn't hit a lot of home runs. He's got the ninth high. Now, I'm probably using the stat incorrectly, so I want you to tell me okay. uh, after I say it, but uh, ninth highest BABIP in the majors over the last two years, batting average, balls in play. But like you said, he's done it consistently. I'm trying to lay out the other side of yep. the argument. You get what yep. I'm saying. Uh, he doesn't hit the ball hard consistently if you look at some of those numbers. And I don't know if that matters or not, but a 44% hard hit rate over the last two years, that's 90th out of 297 players. So it's above average, but it's not great. Like if you just looked at Phillies players, uh, it would be behind Schwarber, Harper, Real Muto, Bohm, Hoskins, and Marsh. So uh, doesn't doesn't hit the ball hard consistently. Barrels per plate appearance, you know, another one, same thing. How hard does he hit it? How often does it find the barrel? 5.6%. That was 114th out of 252 players uh, last year. So there you go. That that That's my case. He doesn't hit a lot of home run. He doesn't have a high home run rate. He doesn't hit the ball hard consistently. You're getting him in his 30s from 30 uh, to 40, and you're signing him to an 11-year deal. It's free agency. There's always risk in free agency. Every sport, you know, you go out, sign someone, you get all excited. You're the off-season champ, and then it gets to July, and I'm having you on going, what happened? You told me Trey Turner was going to be awesome, and this is the guy I'm getting. So all right, respond to that those those theories. Well, it sounds like you hate Trey Turner, so Shield Capadia, <laughs> anti anti Trey Turner. Just want to put that out there. Put that as the headline of the podcast. Um, so, uh, so a part of the reason why I think that those numbers are the way they are, um, and I guess one of the causes for concern is that I I do think that he was aided a lot by the shift, you know, where he could just like put the ball in play and then beat it out. Like he had a lot of infield singles, um, which is obviously you know talks about how fast he is um but it's also hard to just bank on that happening every single year um now at the same time he is putting pressure on the defense so whatever so i guess how it could go horribly wrong is that the the shift is now gone everyone's playing traditional stand-up defense um he loses a little bit of speed and he doesn't get the same kind of infield hits you know i think that does have something to do with um with his with his uh his batting average over the last couple of years so uh speed goes down he doesn't get the same infield hits He's not the same guy. The other thing, obviously, it has to be factored in is the injuries. I mean, a fast guy getting into his mid-30s, all of a sudden, harder to come back from hamstrings, like harder to come back from these leg things that could slow a guy down. And at that point, you know, he probably moves off shortstop. Like I, I think he could probably play shortstop for the next five years, six years. Um, and then you're talking about second base. Um, you're talking about, I mean... <laughs> I'm smiling because it's just so funny to like for a player to talk like in such long terms. You know what I mean? Like it only happens in baseball. You're like, you could play it for the next five. I'm like five years. What is my life even going to look like five years from now? But it's an 11 year contract. So it's a a relevant conversation. That's only only half of his contract (laughs) is the next five years. So, um, you know, the the defense might take a dip and then he plays second base and maybe that maybe to get him off his feet. Um, you know, as much. So, 
you, you worry about the injury stuff. Um, he's been traditionally pretty healthy. Uh, I think he played 160 games last year. I think he played 148 yeah. the year before that. And so he's, he's played around 140 games the last couple of years. That's pretty good. You take that. Um, but of course, like as you get older, these, these leg problems can start happening and then, you know, you don't bounce back as fast. And, um, like we saw with Utley, you know, like hopefully he doesn't have the, the knee issues, but Utley could just never get back to being Chase Utley again. So, um, that's something that you have to just pray for and hope for that. He doesn't have any, have any leg injuries or else you're just, you're getting a compromised player. Like, is he still going to hit? Yeah. But it's going to be like 265, 275 ish, um, because the infield singles are going to be taken away. Yeah, I was looking at this uh, article, uh, this passage from Eno Saris of The Athletic, who was citing this research, because I was wondering about the speed as a player gets older and you think, all right, they they get slower. Uh, he cited this that said the uh, fast players age better than the normal than, than other players. Their speed allows them to remain productive with the glove and on the base paths longer. Turner was the fifth fastest player in baseball last year. It's unlikely he'll be applauding DH in 10 years. It might be more <laughs> likely that he's a decent corner outfielder or, or a second baseman with some speed and the ability to make uh, contact, keeping him as an, as an above replacement level uh, well, player there. So I don't know what well, you think I- about that. And, you know, I, I think a, a good comp for him is kind of like Kenny Lofton. I mean, Kenny Lofton played forever, you know, and, he, and I mean, in his age, like 38 season with the Phillies, I think he batted over 300. So, yeah. um, like, as he gets older, the power is going to come down, but I think it's still reasonable to expect 200 plus uh, or the 290 ish, whatever. So, like, um, uh, I think I think he's a comp. And then it's not like the best comp because he didn't have any power, but like Juan Pierre was always good. Um, and, and even into his like late forties. So, you know, I think like elite level speed, I'll still take the chance on that aging. Well, rather than like guy who's pretty fast and then getting slower and more, more broken down. Yeah, that's true. Those are good examples. All right. Question number five, last one for you. Uh, where where are the Phillies in the hierarchy? Take think your like Phillies fandom out and like you know you, let's say you know you get a little call from like a national intercom station today, a little CBS Sports Radio. They say Jack, you know, give us the fair, objective thought on where the Phillies are in the major league hierarchy in terms of World Series favorites. Uh, and you can just do NL, you can do all of baseball, whatever you want to do for 2023. Like where does this move uh, put them? So um, I think it puts them definitely firmly in top three in the NL, um, like it, as it should. Um, but, you know, it, honestly, a lot has to be determined here. It seems like the Padres want to make a big splash. And if they get Tatis back next year, they have another year of Juan Soto as he gets more comfortable playing in San Diego. Um, they try to go out and add another starter. Like they could be in the mix. The Dodgers are always the Dodgers. You have to just concede that they're going to win the NL West. Um, and then we'll see what the Mets do here. You know, I know they added Justin Verlander. Um, you know, I lo- they lost the ground, but I'd probably bet on Verlander more next year than I would have the ground. Um, so they have the ground shirts at the top, but our uh, Verlander shirts at the top at the same time. Like those guys are 40 and 38, yeah. like eventually it's going to catch up to them. So, um, we'll see what they do. Their bullpen, their bullpen's a, a disaster up there. So, you know, we'll see what they do, uh, outside of Edwin Diaz. And the Braves are still ridiculous. So, you know, like, I don't like, I know the Phillies beat the Braves last year in the playoffs, but like, they, they own still, oh, uh, I still have that. They, they, they own the Braves. Um, so, but I would, I would put them firmly in that top three. The interesting part, Shield, and the concerning part is they signed Trey Turner, but also like, 
we're missing Bryce for the first half of next year, possibly. Yes. Um, so it, it's it's imperative that they, you know, play. I don't know, five to ten games over five hundred, five games over five hundred while Bryce is out. Like they can't they can't expect to get on one of those late season pushes um, and, and get in next year. Um, plus, also like uh, they made the playoffs. You know, they they were one of the last seeds to get in, but you have to anticipate like some of these teams having bounce back years. The Giants. They want to go sign Aaron Judge. They might sign him. If they don't get him, maybe they, they pivot to Carlos Correa. Um, so they should theoretically be better next year. Um, the Cardinals are still pretty good. We'll see what they do. Like they might sign Dansby Swanson. Uh, the Brewers always have good pitching. So it's like these teams that had down years, they could also have bounce back. So the Phillies need to come out next year, play good baseball without Bryce, and then hopefully when he gets back, it's that mid-dog days of summer lift that kind of yeah. carries them through. Uh, as of 11.48 a.m. on Tuesday, FanDuel has the Phillies fourth in the uh, National League with the to make the World Series. They've got the Dodgers at plus 600, the Mets at plus 900, the Braves at plus 950, so two teams in your own division, and the Phillies at plus 1200. Oh, man. The underdogs. The Love NL East him. is so back. It's like the it's like the '90s <laughs> NFC East over here. We got three World Series contenders um, and two tanking teams, or sort of tanking with the Marlins. <laughs> but right. it, it's actually I I know it's kind of scary, but it's also fun, man. Yeah, like it's big it's, games, it's, fun games, competitive games. I'm with you. It's gonna be great. I can't wait. Now, uh, last thing, my only concern for you is you have a uh, baby on the way in March and uh I mean at my first year with either kid is I don't I couldn't tell you one thing about it are you worried about like not remembering anything about this Philly season is that are you guys going to do more podcasts so that you can kind of chronicle it and listen to it years from now and be like oh yeah that's what happened in uh 2023 what, what's your plan here like you're not gonna I'll tell you this you're not going to know about the San Francisco Giants bullpen in August the way you're like talking about it uh right now I can pretty much guarantee you that uh, disagree <laughs> disagree no i got i genuinely shield like i have no idea like i am fully expecting going into it like still knowing everything um and like i i i i am so terrified of like losing it that like i, I feel like i'm just gonna work even more maybe to overcompensate um but yes i've thought about possibly losing a step here and i don't want that to happen um but at the same time you know i assume by six months that uh, my my kid's going to know the entire Phillies roster. I'm sure that's a fair expectation. So um, by that point, we'll be watching games together and everything's going to be great. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's going to turn into more like having to look at stuff in the middle of the night um, or like early in the morning. But we'll adjust. We'll be all right. Your your kid will be in like uh, in like second grade by the time we have to talk about whether uh, Trey Turner needs to move from shortstop to another to another position. So uh, it's yeah. funny to think about. Listen, my only advice would be you're gonna have to give up something. Like you have to pick your spots. Like I I was like, all right, college basketball. I don't. I'm uh, college basketball. I'm done with college basketball except for March Madness. I'm not paying attention to any of it. Uh, the Phillies were not good at the time, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take a little step back from baseball here and focus focus on certain things. So you got to give up some stuff. Yeah, but I will. I you know, will. Like baseball's like your, you know, it's like your number one. So I think you're going to be okay with uh, baseball. You can choose other stuff to kind of give up there. All right. Yeah, maybe it's uh, well, the Flyers I've pretty much given up on. Uh, <laughs> okay, 
The the Sixers I hate, so maybe the Sixers yeah. have have just ruined me. I think so. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe it's, maybe it's them that I take a step back on. But I can't wait, man. I just hope that uh, all I ask is that uh, uh, he doesn't get born on March thirtieth. Like that's opening day. Like it yeah. it'd be very selfish of of my future son yeah. uh, to get mar- to get uh, to be born on opening day. Like I need to be there. So if he could. <laughs> You know, a little early, a little early. Like I just, I needed, I need to hear Dan Baker introduce, uh, introduce Trey Turner in the Phillies lineup. There you go. So it's, it's on the record. This will be fun. You know, is it, do we know it's a boy? Yes. Yes. We know it's a boy. All right. So he can listen to this years from now. And then depending on when he comes out, he goes, dad told me to, well, sorry, dad. I came out right on, uh, March 30th or whatever. Well, Well, I guess it won't be there. Just kidding. I'll be there. (laughs) Just listen, that's all. That's been a go-to sports talk radio segment for as long as I've been alive. Athlete misses game to attend birth. So you're already in the sports talk radio business. You can just turn it to you. Have Ike and John talk about should Jack miss uh, his son's birth to attend Philly's opening day and watch the phone lines light up. All right. This has been great. You can listen to Jack Fritz with our buddy James Seltzer on the High Hopes pod. James, I'm not lying. I'm going to, you know, once they make another move, I'm going to be texting you uh, to come on here. You can hear them both on WIP. Anything else specific to plug Jack Fritz? Uh uh, I hope you enjoy Jamison Tyon. If I'm if I'm placing that's a bet, I think move? he. Okay. I think he's. I think he's going to be the next move. So that's my. I'm calling my shot at the end of this uh, Philly special podcast. Maybe it'll already have happened by the time this goes up. Who knows? All right. Thank you to Jack. This has been awesome. You have me and Benny Souls coming up soon to talk Eagles. Who do the Eagles play? The Eagles Giants. Uh, you will have some Sixer stuff on with Chris and Raheem in the next couple days. So look out for that. As always, thank you for listening to the Ringers Philly Special.